I'm back in again at Krispy Kreme. Can we have pasta instead of hanging out with people? I'm just adjusting my pants right now. Okay, it's fine. Oh, right. they just took their pants off. Alright, so I'm Kay. I'm gay. I'm, this is Tay Tay Cax. I'm a creature of the night, apparently. <clears throat> um hey, we yes. can do the we can do the podcast on you. What? You're a strange unsolved mystery. Oh my god, you're right. I was really confused. Alright, yeah. Um, <laughs> um Hi, my name's Kay. I cry myself to sleep about college every single night. I'm um, very sad. Hi, I'm Tay. Um, I somehow finished college, but I still cry myself. Tay has a cat. I have a cat. Um, his name is Snowball. I love him. He's the best. Maybe he'll be on the show someday. Chatty He's catty. actually like the loudest cat in the world. So, welcome to our podcast, which we are not going to tell you anything about. We're just going to jump All right, right into it. All right, let's go. All right, you ready? Okay, so let's talk about the, the nature of our podcast. Tay yes. is organized and has these nice notes, and it says, explain nature of podcast. Yes, hello, welcome to We Never Solved Anything, a podcast in which we never solved anything, and we never will. <laughs> we are going to be talking about anything unsolved or unexplained here so we're talking things like from true crime to like weird natural phenomena so like weird weather which people laugh at me when i say that but guys there's some it really happens. really weird weather out there that nobody can explain so have you guys ever listened to that. the true story night veil yeah true story the glow cloud the all hail all hail anyway um anyway yeah so like if you're interested in folklore if you're interested in dragons if you're interested in like paranormal encounters literally if you have an interest just like we've got history we've got science well right now all we have is me like sick coughing into the microphone and me so. you can't forget about me cacking i'm really cacking in the cacking and cacking that's our i'm hacking this is cacking let's go <laughs> So our, today's topic is going to be unsolved serial murders, which I don't think we actually said yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk yeah. about unsolved serial murderers. Yes. Um, I would like to add that my voice doesn't usually sound like this, so enjoy it while you can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And probably keep bumping the table and making a lot of sound. It's fine. Yeah, I'm sure that's really loud on there. I'm yeah, gonna... also, sorry, um, our audio quality at the beginning here is not that great, but what else like, is new? It's and like, okay. Tay's going first, right? Yep, yep. I will I will start us off. Do your, do your nonsense. With the more obscure. Um, so today, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this case, but... Um, I'm going to be talking about uh, the Butcher of Mons, M-O-N-S. Um, Mons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mons. Also known as Le Depicure de Mons. I see it. You know, Tay did mention today that they were reading a French article. Uh-huh. And it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so actually, yeah, so one of my biggest uh, struggles when I was researching this was um, a lot of the stuff on it, was, like, oh, there were just a ton of French articles that I read because there's not a lot in English on this case, which I didn't really realize until I was way deep into it. Um, but I really like it for reasons that you'll see. Um, also, uh, something to note, I studied language in uh, college, and um, this is just, like, y'all will see why I'm so into this case in just a hot minute. Tay's a linguist. I just took English classes and was like, yes, this is me learning the language I've known since I was, like, three. Uh, we're going to start in uh, a little place called, can you guess? Kokima. No, oh my god. Mons. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, so Mons <laughs> is in the southwest part of Belgium. Um, it's the capital of the Ainu province, just to kind of give, like, a little background. So this is, like, pretty close to France, and um, as I'm sure you're aware, French is the language of Belgium as well. I thought you were going to say French is the language of love. That's what I was going for. I mean, for. French is all I had that. I was like, you know how you like can pre-finish sentences yeah. in your head? You said French is the language of, and I was like, love. <laughs> so I'm going to give you uh, a little bit of a timeline of this series of events. So this started around like early 1996. So uh, best year ever created, um, the year that I was born. And me. Yeah, but like, I am the important one here. Sorry, you're just like a side beast. <laughs> so early 1996 is kind of when they suspect things uh, started happening. But the first three bodies weren't found until March 22nd, 1997. Also disclaimer, checked a lot of different sources for this. And um, it was frustrating because all of them were giving me different dates 
they were all kind of slightly off and like slightly off in number and like the body count and blah 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 and it was just kind of weird so I'm just doing the the ones that were said the most I guess so March 22nd 1997 this poor policeman (laughs) just stumbled across nine bags like nine trash bags of human remains in the village of Kuem and it was just all like limbs there were no heads. Two days later, uh, they found a bag with a torso in it, um, which was uh, assumed to be one of the previous three victims. So no, we've okay. got three bodies right now. Yes. I'm glad that they put that together and didn't just think like, oh, there's a completely different person's torso. Like, remember- I'm sure they, they literally put it together, you know? Yeah, like, there's like, like a puzzle. Like, like a puzzle. Back- they yeah, were like, exactly. the torso connects to the armhole. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just a bunch of police officers that were like, we found this torso, and then like, but we also found these arms and legs. Couldn't all be from the same person? It's a whole bunch how of many dead bodies. bodies. One arm, two arms, that's two bodies right there. No, two arms and one torso, that's three bodies. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, so we've got three bodies. Um, but They're all dismembered. We don't have any heads yet. We're just, just a bunch of dismembered and decapitated bodies. Don't laugh at that, this is a serious thing. What, no head? <laughs> uh, flash forward, we're about I guess two weeks later, because it's early April, April 12th, um, they find two more bags. So at this point, the police are all just kind of, like, freaking out, because, like, the Belgian police force at this time was not equipped to handle, like, a case like this. And they, like, didn't really know what to do other than kind of patrol the dump sites. Dude, imagine if there had never been a murder before, and, like, you had never seen, like, a murdered body, and then suddenly there's just, like, bags of dead bodies, and you're like... Oh my goodness! I was not equipped to deal with this situation. <laughs> like, I quit! Goodbye! Yeah, alright, uh, bye. Bye. Um, yeah, so we've got, uh, two more bags, and then uh, about a week later, uh, they find three more bags. What do you know? There's just a ton of bags of body parts at this point. And, uh, you know what there isn't in any of these bags? No head. Yeah, so we're, we're at about four bodies at this point, I believe. And then, a couple months later, they think things are kind of dying down, but bam, July 18th, 1997, they find a motherfucking pelvis, right? Yeah. Wait, like... Just a pelvis. Like, like what, like, did they, like, was it the pelvic bone? Apparently. Or, like, was it just, like, they cut out the vagina? I'm pretty sure it was the pelvic bone. Because, okay, like, because they were able to identify this victim... I don't know when, actually, in the timeline, they identified this victim, but it was- They um, identified the victim by its pelvis? Apparently. I want, <laughs> I want a crotch so good that somebody can look at it and be like, yeah, that's Kay. I remember, I remember that no crotch from the summer of 1960. No, this victim, by the way, was named um, Carmelina Russo. Carmelina Russo was 46 years old, and she actually went missing in January of 1996. And this pelvis was found July of 1997. So it's been a long time, relatively speaking. So there's probably not too much of a crotch left. Oh, poor baby. She's 46. She's but, still a baby. Yes, very true. All right. So that's one victim. I'm going to get into all the victims later. But um, so now we're moving forward to November. So now it's November of 1997. It's all 1997 right now. So now that they're finding, they finally, guess what they finally find? They find a skull. So now we no. have a head. They have heads? Just one. They only ever found one head. And they think that this skull belongs to a woman who went missing the summer of 1997. So, you know, that this one was found relatively quickly. Her name was Begonia Valencia. And then in April of 1998, so a few months later, they found uh, what they think were um, her teeth and cervical vertebrae as well near the same location. So I don't know how they didn't find that on the first sweep. They were just like, they were looking through and they were like... Those are some teeth. Oh yeah, I lost mine just a couple miles back. Let's just keep looking. <laughs> but what about the cervical vertebrae? Oh, yeah, those two. I lose it all the time. It's, it's all Yeah, good. yeah, just got I'll plenty of I'll put, it, I'll put it back. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and then they like go back and they're like, hey, hey, Randy, is that... Did you lose your cervical vertebrae again? I didn't. <laughs> that must be somebody else's. <laughs> okay, like I said, they're estimating around five bodies. They have like five for sure, like, confirmed, I guess, victims. But there might be other victims uh, that they just couldn't identify. They're really not sure how many body parts belong to which, how many people. You know, it's kind of hard. To honor the victims, and all these victims were single women, and they were all, like, 
kind of fragile. Most of them were um, prostitutes or kind of lived like a similar lifestyle. And they all kind of lived near kind of shoddy bars and stuff. So uh, so I already mentioned Carmelina Russo, who's 46. Martine Bone, who was 43 years old. Um, she went missing in July of 1996. So like about a year-ish before a body started showing up. Um, she was a transsexual prostitute and um, she actually had her breasts removed. Uh, Jacqueline Leclerc, who's 33 years old, so he's kind of getting he, she, they, who knows, because this is an unsolved case. <laughs> so the victims are getting younger. Uh, next we have um, 22-year-old Natalie Godart, who went missing in uh, March 1997. So this is right about when the body started showing up. Just to note, Natalie was promiscuous, but she wasn't actually a prostitute. It was really sad because she lived kind of not a great lifestyle and she lost her kids because of it. She lost custody of her kids. And then Begonia Valencia, who I mentioned, uh, who they found her skull in cervical vertebrae. All of her cervical vertebrae, or was it just some of them? My name's Kay, and I'm the nursing student of the podcast. <laughs> um, so you will get, like, random comments. I'm, like, really into the more, like, health side of this kind of stuff. And I like language. So um, you're going to see me randomly freaking out about anything related to body anatomy, which sounds really kinky, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just weird to, like, imagine multiple, like, random vertebrae just, like, hanging out next to each other and just nobody noticed. Are they, like, connected? Like, you know, this is, these are all very valid questions. I'll ask, I don't have the I'll answers. ask the murderer. Okay, sounds good. I um, know them. Speed dial. <laughs> wait a minute, then I can't put this on this podcast. No, no, it's unsolved. I'm not telling anyone. Okay, okay, I understand. I'm excited because this is kind of why I chose the case, because I'm a language nerd, and um, I thought it was super fascinating. So when they started doing the investigation into this case, they initially started looking for like a butcher or a surgeon, because uh, the killer was really precise in the way that they were dismembering everything. Later, they kind of started putting together weird pieces as to where all of these body parts and bags were being found. So they were found in places that had like really morbid, evocative names, I guess. So we had um, Chemin de l'Enquietude, which is like the path of worry. We have Rue de Depot, which is <laughs> Dump Street. <laughs> they named a street after me. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine inviting somebody over. Like, hey, I think you should come back to my place later. Oh yeah, where do you live? Dump Street. <laughs> The path of worry. <laughs> the Riviere Line, which is Hatred River. The woman that I mentioned was a, like a transsexual. She was uh, found in Hatred River. Oh, and that's then, really sad. Yeah. Aww. And there was another river, um, Riviere La Truille, which is Fear River. Yeah, so there was like hate, fear, we've got worry, we've got like deposit, dump, whatever you want to call it. They're being found in my diary from when I was 12. Yeah, so these were all really trafficked locations. And as the killer was kind of getting more comfortable and into, I guess, uh, his crimes, her crimes, their crimes. The bodies were being found in even more and more public places. I Can guess. I derail for just a second? Yeah. I think it's really interesting that, like, when it comes to a murder, we just always assume, like, he. Like, in here, there's nothing, like, yeah, it's prostitutes, and it's, like, female prostitutes. Mm -hmm. So that kind of leads to, like, it maybe. Also, the main suspect is male. And, like, that's fair. So I'm also kind that's of fair. But I feel like otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't assume they, mm -hmm. we would just assume male. And that's so interesting that, like, the majority are male. It's just an interesting thing to it think is. about. No, the I fact agree. that, like, I that's what our mind goes to. Gender is a construct. Gender Ooh. is a construct. So it's real, but it's not real. Finally, a body's found near a, uh, I feel like a street that was named after a beheaded third century martyr called um, Saint Symphorium. Yeah, yeah, that guy was my best friend. Yeah, um, that guy um, from the third century. Uh, so after they found that body, they started um, investigating the possibility of like maybe religious motives, um, especially Satanism, I guess, for um, you know satanic sacrificial rituals they're all super super like precise in the way that they're done so that's kind of why they were maybe thinking of of satanism because of the super precise way that the bodies were chapped up <clears throat> to put it lightly uh, and then as i mentioned before the belgian police were really not equipped for any of this uh, so they had help from the FBI and Interpol. So there was just like- They were probably like, just like therapists for each other. Yup, this was like, a that's, big deal. <laughs> yeah. Like instead of like actually solving the crime, that's probably why it's still unsolved, is they were all too busy. Like, like they had to bring in the FBI to comfort the cops and then the cops like had to be, they had to comfort and then they the had FBI. To bring, they had to bring in Interpol to, to comfort F the FBI. They, <laughs> it just like kept going around and around and like nothing actually got solved. 
<laughs> so the first suspect I'm going to talk about, I'm only going to talk about two here. The first one is Jacques Antoine, who was a doctor. So and I, like I said before, they were kind of maybe looking for a surgeon or something. Who, somebody who would know how to butcher body parts that well, mm-hmm. which is really a scary thing. Like how... Well, yeah, you have to be able to understand the anatomy of the Yeah, human. exactly. And like they have, um, you learn like in the medical profession, you learn the specific way to like dissect yep. humans. Oh my God. <laughs> if Tay turns up dead and dissected, I swear it wasn't me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess in um, February of 2010, Jacques Antoine's son started like writing letters to investigators accusing his father of these murders. This guy is 62 years old in 2010 uh, when this all happened. Um, so they investigated him, but apparently <laughs> this is weird and I don't get it. So the reason that the son was like, hey, I think my father is the butcher of moles. He went to moles with a shit ton of garbage bags that he wanted to sell in moles. Because, you know, just that's what you do in 1996. You just just go sell garbage bags. But apparently they were like, we have enough. Like, we don't need more garbage bags. We already have enough garbage bags to put all our bodies in. (laughs) So he couldn't do that. Um, We have so many bags and not enough body parts. (laughs) And then his son was like, no, but, uh, yeah, okay, so maybe that doesn't check out, but, um, my dad loves firearms, like, he just has this weird passion for them, and they're like, okay, that's valid, but the butcher didn't use firearms, so not really that valid, you know, and, uh, there was a car that a witness, like, talked about, and Jacques Antoine's car didn't match this car or whatever, and they have no actual evidence to connect him to any of the murders. So, but he had garbage bags. He had garbage bags. And like, I know I have garbage bags, but like that doesn't make me a suspect. Right. Just right. that guy. I mean, oh my god, did you? Are you? Did we just no. solve this case? No. We never solved it. No. Case? No. I'm going home. <laughs> Wait, you said you knew the murderer. Mom, come pick me up. There are drugs. <laughs> now I'm about to talk about suspect numero uno. So now we're gonna uh, freeze frame uh, record scratch. Uh, <laughs> September 15th, 1990. Set the scene for me, Tay. New York, Tell America, USA. Mary Beale, she is a 61-year-old immigrant from Yugoslavia. And so this was really precious and I had to include it. So apparently she lived with a bunch of dogs. Uh-huh. And like, she would walk them at a certain time every morning. And uh, I guess she actually told one of her neighbors once, like, if you ever don't see me with the dogs one day, come looking for me. Dude, that's like my Aunt Mary. We got worried about her because she wasn't checking farm bills. Like the same thing. Her oh, name no. Mary too. Oh my God. Is this, is this, is this, is this farm bill, dogs, same thing. Same man. thing. <laughs> exactly the same. But yeah, so then she was actually reported missing when like she hadn't been seen walking her dogs every morning, which I think is really sweet. Sad too. Poor puppers. Poor puppers. I don't know and what happened her, to the dogs. And her. I don't know what happened to the dogs. Um, but I don't think they were murdered because it didn't say anything about that. It would have talked about that. I'm pretty sure they better fine. not have been murdered. I'm pretty sure they're fine. Those poor babies were just innocent bystanders. So now we have uh, I'm assuming another sweet little old woman. All I know is that it's a woman, but I'm imagining another sweet little old woman. Her name's also Mary. Her name's also Mary. Uh true facts. She's just uh she's walking into work near the, the Brooklyn Navy Yard three weeks after Mary has been reported missing. Oh no. And uh she sees this garbage bag just chilling on the sidewalk and she's like, Oh, I'm gonna be a good person and I'm gonna pick this up and never be a good person. So she went to move this bag and apparently it was like leaking blood. (laughs) And she was like, This is concerning. So she called the cops, uh, as one would do. Crime scene investigators are checking this out, and then I guess they get an alert of another bag that's like around the corner, I guess, and there are like flies and bees kind of buzzing around it. And somebody was like, Yeah, maybe you should check this one out too. So, two bags. We've got two garbage bags. Well, yeah, they can't keep yep. all the body parts together because then they might know that they all belong to the same person. Exactly, exactly. So, I don't know what was in the first bag. The one around the corner had arms and a leg. Just well, the one other leg. one had the torso. No, no, no. Uh, hours later, a torso was found a few blocks away in another bag. The other one must have had all the heads. No, there was no head. No head, no hands. So there was no the face. The other leg must have been in the other book. True. Thing. Or, yeah, yeah. I'm better at this than the cops. Wow, we solved everything. It's it solved. Case closed. We know what was in the other bag. <laughs> The real mystery. I probably said that and I just didn't add it to the notes. So no head and no hands were found, so we don't have fingerprints or a face. So obviously the, the killer was trying to conceal the identity of this person. They 
studied the victim and they discovered that they had been dismembered post-mortem uh, with a bandsaw, carving knife, and a hacksaw. So at least it was post-mortem, yeah, the dismemberment. All of the bodies that were found in Belgium were also dismembered post-mortem. So, you know, there's a, a weird silver, silver lining. lining yeah. <laughs> the killer did try to conceal the identity of this victim, but Mary Beale had recently broken her ankle and um, the x-rays of her broken ankle matched the corpse. Um, so they were like, hmm, looking for potential suspects in this case here. I guess um, somebody alerted them of this man named, I'm definitely going to pronounce it wrong, and I'm going to be pronouncing it wrong for the rest of this, so sorry about it. He actually went by a few names. Um, the one I'm going to use is um, Smile Tulia. <laughs> Smile Tulia? <laughs> literally smelled like, smelled, literally, literally spelled like snail, but with an M. Smile. I'm going to be real. Yeah. If somebody named me that, like, maybe that might drive me to do something crazy. You know, but that wasn't his given name. His given name was okay. Smile Julik. Wait, which he chose that wrong. name? Apparently. What's wrong with him? I don't know, but, uh, so this guy is also from Yugoslavia, so another Yugoslavian immigrant, you know? He married Beale, hit it off, obviously. She met him, um, in court. She was a, um, like a part-time, uh, interpreter, so she did, like, translating in court. And so, she met him in court, she was translating for um, a custody battle between Tulia and his second wife, who had accused him of throwing her out of a five-story window. God, I hate when that happens. Right? Like, that's the worst. That's what all of my exes did to me. <laughs> so, like I said, she was a part-time interpreter. Her other job was actually as a real estate agent. She was 61. Yeah, she was 61. So she was a part-time interpreter and a full-time real estate agent, and, um, like, she and Tulia kind of hit it off. And um, she actually, like, lent him a lot of money for a home and everything. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, and they were dating. They started dating. And she, like, lent him Wait, money for a home. Wait, how old was he? Um, <sighs> heck, I don't remember. But about the same age. Like, okay. it's not, like, it's not so weird. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they start dating. Uh, I guess um, phone records showed uh, frequent regular phone calls between the two of them. <laughs> and so on September 13th, which was two days before Mary's body was found, Tulia had left her five voicemails. And um, he was drunk in, like, all of them. But as the day went on, he apparently, like, sounded drunker and drunker with each voicemail. And so they were like, hmm, maybe this guy is a person of interest. So they went to search his apartment, and he wasn't there. They don't know where he went. So obviously that's pretty suspicious. He just up and vanished. Um, <laughs> they search his apartment. They find uh, bloodstains in there that are, quote-unquote, consistent with Beale's blood, with Mary's blood. And she blood. wasn't on her period because she was 61. Yeah, so, but for, like, forensics was limited at the time that this was happening, so they couldn't conclusively determine that it was her blood, but it was mm -hmm. consistent yeah. with her blood. Yes. So, yeah, they were like, hmm, this is definitely concerning. But again, they couldn't find him because he, like, fled the country. Because they, they don't know where he went. Yeah, he just totally ghosted her dead body. They, they get in contact with um, Tulia's sister, Muzafera. It's probably not her name, but that's how it's phonetically spelled, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> a day before Mary's body was found, she had this concerning discussion with him where he just like he just said like there will be no more Mary. <laughs> and she was like, Okay, <laughs> like what do you mean by that? That's kinda weird. And he just said, Oh, she's sleeping in my house. And she's like, How can she be sleeping in your house when she has her own place? <laughs> and he just said, She's dead. <laughs> Oh no. And when she asked him um, how she died, he just like casually was like, yeah, I hit her over the head with a hammer. It's whatever. If, if somebody like, if anybody I'm dating like says that kind of concerning stuff, like, can you like check on me maybe? Oh, of course. That's that, that's what, uh, that's what friends are for. Okay. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> if I'm dating somebody that sounds like they might say stuff like that. I'll let you know before it happens. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Yep. So I think the investigators had this conversation with the sister five years later in 1995. Um, so in 1995, they actually do charge Tulia with murder because they're like, all right, we have enough evidence at this point, I guess. But like, again, no one knows where the heck he went. So they're, they're just like, like wherever yeah, you are. They're just like, so they're just like, okay, like. I just imagine that we're the police officers. We're charging you for murder wherever the heck you are. But I, just, like, <laughs> I just imagine the police officers and lawyers all gathered on a balcony and just shook their hands into the wind. Wherever you are, you're charged with murder. Murder. Murder, I tell you. Dude, your downstairs neighbors are probably so concerned. <laughs> we're going to fast forward another 10 years. Actually, 11, technically. It's 2006 now. Um, and now, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god, there's a body found in Albania. And this body, I guess, uh, we have, uh, we're looking at blunt force trauma to the head, 
We're looking at post-mortem dismemberment. All signs are pointing to, you know, all of these are so similar. It's the, the bad guy. The Mary Beale case, this new Albanian body, the new body, <laughs> this new Albanian the 20, body. The 20, um, body parts? Yeah, the, the several body parts found in Belgium. Like, all of this is just kind of, you know, these are all looking pretty similar. Um, and they're all dismembered very meticulously. So they were like, ooh. Uh, and then again, like I said, this is like an international thing at this point, because the FBI is like, heck, Tuli is no longer in the U.S., so then everybody's kind of like looking out for this guy or Where's whatever. Where's the bag boy? Yeah, so they were like, uh-oh, like, this happened in Albania or whatever. And um, the Belgian police and stuff, too, were like, wait a minute, this is, like, really similar to something that we're looking at and blah, blah, blah. So uh, they start looking at, like, looking for Tulia around this area now. Um, they possibly identified the body as um, one of Tulia's wives. Okay, but, like, in the mind of a murderer, which I'm not usually... Um, usually. Sometimes you have to think, like, what makes them do that? He, like, got away. Yeah. Like, he was scot-free. He was, and yeah, he they was charged him like, with murder, but he was gone. Like, they they had not found him, and, like, sure, they could have someday. It's happened before, but, like, you if you get away with it, why would you be like, Exactly. I'm going to go to Albania, get a garbage bag, cut off some body parts, throw them in there. Yeah. Dude, let me just, like, tease the police a little bit, because they're never going to find me. Go be fun. <laughs> like, Bye. Might as well just live your, like... Boring well, life. Go become a fucking accountant. Yeah, so they're like, hmm, this points to Tulia. Maybe he's over here. So they locate his hometown, which is in Montenegro, and um, law enforcement there found him. Um, they basically like had some um, police sketches done up, and they went and like showed him around. We're like, hey, uh, we're looking for this dude. Um, they were all kind of like buddy buddy friends in the in the town, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he lives at this place right over here." He just fucking and they were like, he went oh. back home. Yeah, he just went back to his hometown. He's like, "Where's he's the best living place in, to he's hide?" Living just like back home. Yeah, he was like, "Wasn't I'll really go back home with mom and dad now that I murdered all these people." <laughs> yeah, so uh, like I said, there were obvious um, similarities in these like different cases, but authorities couldn't definitively place Tulia in Mons during the time period. Like I think he had like an alibi or something, um, but. It was still, you know, there's a possibility that he could have, but there's no actual evidence linking him to Mulls during the time period. Uh, another suspicious thing about him was that on his original visa application for the United States, um, he stated that his, like, occupation was that of a butcher. So, it's kind of connecting, right? Yeah, but then in court, this guy, in court, he argued that he was innocent and he was set up by the FBI. <laughs> Same. <laughs> right? Yeah, but he was still, um... That's like me every time something goes wrong in my life. Kayla, why'd you switch colleges again? The FBI! <laughs> they set it up! <laughs> but yeah, he's still found guilty of Beale's murder in the end. So he's, like, sentenced for Beale's murder, and he's currently in prison for that. Um, but he declined ha having anything to do with, like, the murders in And they, like, can't charge him with They can't they charge him with They don't have enough evidence. Like, they exactly. don't have any evidence. Yeah, they can't link him to moles. It's just, like, weird, eerie similarities to the case. So... And for all we know, like, that could be a copycat. Exactly. Point, exactly. Like, you never know. Yeah. So, that's, uh, that's it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Tulia is indeed, uh, le difficile, and that he is put away for good, maybe. I don't know. Since they yelled into yeah. the wind, his, um... But he's all like, no, um, I'm just the perfect, um, I'm just the perfect, uh, the perfect victim for who committed these Stereotype, crimes or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like, I, you know, it totally looks like I did, but I'm just being set up by the FBI and I didn't actually do any of the, the, the stuff in moles. I just, um, I never even killed Mary Beale. I feel so, he was like, God rest her soul, I feel so bad, like, poor thing, like, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, I was just creepy as fuck and told um, this. you, like, not? Because you told your sister that you killed her. It's fine. Anyway, yeah, that's my, that's my case. That's, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, thank you. All right. Hopefully that was a new one that you've never heard. I haven't heard that one. That was pretty um, super fun. exciting. Is that the word? Yeah. Um, blood, super exciting. Bloodful. Bloodshed. It was bloodshed. Murder! <laughs> I have to pee. Lots of body parts. Can we pause it? Like, is there a pause button? Uh... I think are you doing the Zodiac? You know I'm doing the Zodiac. Hell yeah. I told Tay. Hell yeah. So we literally decided like a week ago to do this podcast while I was sick, mind you. So like I knew my voice was going to sound like this. So I knew my voice was going to sound like this while I made this decision that we were going to make this podcast and then showed up today already having planned that we were going to do the podcast and was like, 
I haven't actually researched anything yet. So I may take it at a cafe with me. And I was like, don't worry. I just need to finish up my research. But I haven't started it at all. So um, I went with the easiest case. And I'm still a student. So I don't really have time. So I just have my notes in here. So if anybody wants to know about T and B cells as well as lymphocytes and how they differentiate in the thymus gland into either T or B cells. Okay, but I don't think those are unsolved. Like those are like we know about those things. Well, we don't know entirely about everything. The body works some very strange ways it's quote-unquote the easiest case but it also like there's a lot there's a to lot it, you know yeah, yeah. So i just knew like... what to find like i knew yeah. it wouldn't be i wouldn't have to do a lot of digging and so i knew it would be a lot of writing but less research and i kind of know what i was going to go off of still i'm sure everybody's heard of the zodiac killer and if you haven't please just lift up the rock you're living under and smell the roses no take a moment <laughs> just think just for a second just silence breathe breathe no, okay. You're not allowed to comment anymore. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, do you know when oh they God. took place? I need to stop. Okay, hold on. Do you know, like, when they took no, place? No, I'm okay. so bad at dates. Okay. I, I, just I don't know, know how much you know about the Zodiac Killer. I assume you know a reasonable amount. I know, that it, was, I know that it was I know that it was around <clears throat> the time that, that Ted Cruz was born because everybody says that Ted Cruz is Zodiac Because he was, like, just born after. Because, yeah. Yeah, he was just born after. Because he would have been a baby. Ted Cruz, the Zodiac Killer. Yes. This is about him. The, actually, Problem this is another solved case. Oh, my God. We're we solved all of them. We are really bad at podcasts. All right. So, the Crams. The Crams. The Krampus. <laughs> Krampus. The crime spanned from the 1960s to the 1970s, just like Krampus. Indeed. Yeah. So they spanned around the 1960s to the 1970s. Um, it started on... I'm going to be umming a lot because my throat hurts Dude, too. So like, understandable. All right. So the first crime occurred on December 20th, 1968 at around 11.15 p.m. See how exact I am? Later. Yeah, yeah, wow. If only I could find exact details in my obscure case. And this is only the yeah. first, like, confirmed case. Okay. So there have been a lot of other... We'll get more into that. Sure, sure. We'll, we'll dive right on in there. We're not ready. We're just, like, at the beginning baby steps this is of this the case. first date. Yeah, this is, like, the first date. You, me, listener, you and me, um, we're on our first date. <laughs> So, um, it was David Faraday. I'm going to butcher all these names. Dude, it's all right, hard. I can't even say my own freaking name. So, David Faraday, 17, and Betty Lou Jensen were 16 years old. So, think of what you were doing when you were 16. And Betty Lou was actually out on her first date. It was her so first date. this was date. actually the first date? Yes. It okay. was the first wow, date that her me. parents had ever allowed her go on. Um, they were hanging out by Lake Herman Road As in Valley Ho. I should have looked up how to say that. Valley Ho. <laughs> valley Ho. Oh my god, it's me. I'm a Valley Ho. <laughs> I'm a Valley Ho. Um, and Valley Ho. Is that how you say it? Valley Ho, California? I have no idea. I'm from um, California. I'm not Valley from California. Valley Ho, California. I think <laughs> it's Valley Ho. California for I think it's Valley Ho. So they were hanging out in Valley Ho, California by like Herman Road when they were shot to death near their car there. Um, and Wait, near it or in it? Shots were fired at the car. Okay. Um, And it looks like he, she left the car first and okay. attempted to run. And while she was running, Faraday was shot like immediately upon exiting the car. Oh, no. And he was shot to death. And then um, like he was shot at point blank because the guy was like right there. But she had managed to run a little bit before she was shot oh. as well. Um, and then there was like a period of rest. Obviously, they couldn't mm. solve it. it was, there was just like... At I mean, the time, what are you going to do, man? At the time, it was just... A lot of people like mourning the deaths, but they didn't really have any leads. It was just like, it was the 60s. these people got shot. Yeah, it was the 60s. There wasn't much. It was unfortunate. They were trying to find the person. Not much you can do about it. Research is like, being done. Like, it sucks. Yeah. And the period of rest is what I have written in here. Sorry. 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 So okay. let's all engage in our period of rest. Okay. Anyway, July 5th, <laughs> 1969, around 12, 10 a.m. Because apparently, like, okay, Skylar's can we go back to the first date and just say it was her yeah. first, or the last one, her first date, and they let her out at 11.15 p.m.? You know what? That's true. But As a 16-year-old. Wow. I had to be home by, like, my curfew was, like, 5 p.m. <laughs> okay, mine was a little later than that, but um, still. But, yes, this is more reasonable that they're out. Um, but it was 12, 10 a.m. and So this isn't the first date? The, this, this second one. Okay. No, it better not be because it was a married chick. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It was her first date. <laughs> um, so it was Farron, Darlene Farron. So she was 22, and she was actually married at the time, but she was not married to the person that she was in the car <gasps> oh, with. Oh, no. Wait, so maybe it was the first date? No, they did. 
They did think that he was a suspect. Um, he was looked into as a suspect, but he was actually working as a cook at the time. Okay. So he had a pretty solid alibi because he was actually cooking in a restaurant. Um, well, okay. So, like, he he was being watched by customers, and there would have been a lot more complaints if the chef was not there that day. Oh, indeed. Um, <laughs> Don't you just hate it when the chef just walks out? And, like, murders, murders people? Murders yeah, okay. Well, well, she was in the car with some dude named okay. Magoo. Named that's Magoo? Like, what's Magoo? Mr. Magoo? Maybe that's what he's named after. Um, so, Mike McGow Magoo? McGow Magoo. So, Darlene Farron, 22, and yes. Mike, Mike, yes, Mike, 19, um, they were parked at, like, an isolated location because they were just trying to talk. I don't know what they were talking about. That was not recorded. Okay, I have sure. no clue. They were chatting. They were they were having a nice and little, little nice little conversation. Another guy pulled up to the like pulled up kind of not like by the car but like a a distance away where you're like where you're like okay cool they're just um parking. yeah dudes where you like get suspicious but you're kind of like should should we go like my social anxiety would be like get out of here <laughs> I see other headlights <laughs> out 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 <laughs> but like Bye. but like it was the sixties oh my god I'm. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, but, like, it was the 60s, so it was, like, a friendlier time. Sure. So, I guess, like, they see another car, and they're just kind of like, oh, other people chilling, whatevs. Mm -hmm. um, so they're like, also probably just over there having a chat. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I guess they weren't really concerned about it, but this dude got out with a flashlight and then um, started coming closer to the car, and they they got, like, their identification ready because they assumed, like, it must be a police officer. Yep. So, they were ready um, to identify themselves in case oh i added a note here on the next page that this was at blue rock springs i forgot to mention that Me. in case you're in case you're following along on the map at home um they were ready to identify themselves and then this person that they thought was a police officer just randomly fired five shots into so the car without if they were black it would have been a police officer probably yeah yeah Ooh. i'm sorry that was, oh, that was a little bit of oh dear <laughs> They're good police officers. It's just like it sucks that the ones that are represented are the not great ones. So anyway, the man that they thought was a police officer, he fires five shots over at them. Um, and then, yeah, after somebody screamed in pain, he returned back to fire two more in each of them. Oh and Mike was able, like, he did survive. So he was able right, to describe. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I knew that one, like one of the victims survived. Yeah, he did survive, yeah. and he was able to describe the man as. Well, otherwise, I don't God. think they would know. Like they're yeah, just like, true. I think there was a man with a flashlight, but no, the victims are well, like, dead. So fired like, five shots. So like, but we don't like, know for sure. We're but, just like, speculating. <laughs> speculation, this is no. for the press. We're just making this up to make it sound um, more interesting. But yes, he was described. The um, suspect was described as around five eight to five nine, late twenties, early. 30s. Uh oh, it's me. Um, with a stocky build, brown hair, round face, and I wrote brown hair twice. Really brown hair. <laughs> um, 45 minutes later, um, the Valaho Police Department, at least I hope that's what it's called, <laughs> got a call from somebody claiming responsibility for the attack, and they even identified the weapon and then took credit for the murders that took previous the Faraday and Jensen murders. It was, there was a whole mess. Okay, the police, I don't know if the police situation is as bad now as it was then. Yeah. But it took an hour. <laughs> Probably. It took an hour for the police station to even, like, like for it to get to the oh, right man. people that this call had even occurred. Yeah. So by the time they even got there to, like, get any identification from the phone, it was, like, it took them, like, 45 minutes later they got this call, and then it was an hour later when they figured out at the police department that this happened and then like an hour later when they actually got to the so, scene so it's been two hours since the call at this point and they're like let me take a swab of this phone and see what what identifying evidence i can get like think of how many people use this so phone. many so like obviously they didn't really get anywhere with that all they got was like a call had occurred somebody claimed the murders that's about it so this occurred on july 5th 1969 and then on July 31st, 1969, there were letters sent to the Valaho Times, Herald, the San Fran Chronicle, and the San Fran Examiner. They all claimed to be from the killer who was not identifying yet as the Zodiac Killer. He was just the killer. And he... The uh, murder! 
He sent. I'm actually gonna have to get out my um my evidence that you saw me taking pictures of before. Oh, that's right. That's because right. Because Tay saw me taking some nice pictures of things. Indeed. So included in this letter that was sent to these newspapers, there were specific details about the murders, such as they were murdered with a nine millimeter gun. I don't know how guns work, but it was nine millimeters. It was a nine millimeter. It was nine millimeters. Any of you gun folks, you can tell me what that means. Included in this yes. was um, there were ciphers saying to contain the identity, and we'll continue. We'll get back we'll get to back that to cipher because I'd rather just keep going in chronicle, yeah, chronological, yeah. chronicle, chronological. The next murder case occurred on September 27, 1969, at about 6:15 p.m. So Cecilia Ann Shepard and Brian Hartnell, 22 and 20 respectively, were relaxing in Napa Cali. So they were relaxing when a man in a costume featuring yes. an executioner's hood and a gun. So dope AF. <laughs> I'm into it. What I wear. Like, on a bed. daily basis. So bad. Yeah. They appeared over six feet tall, which is actually not really, it doesn't like coincide with the other right but also they're wearing an executioner's hood so like you're gonna you know, seem a little yeah. bit they're gonna seem more intimidating so mm-hmm. give them the benefit of the doubt yeah i was gonna say like i mean five what was it five eight or five nine and then like it's not that far. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like not yeah yeah he claimed to be a prison escapee and mm-hmm. he said that he needed money and a car me too and so brian hartnell was just kind of like take my keys take my wallet leave me and this girl alone we're <laughs> just poor innocent kids i mean you don't really have much of an option a dude with an executioner's hood and a gun comes up to you and he's like and he's me. like give me all your money and i'm like okay here's my two dollars yeah like i would just be like <laughs> be like all right well i don't know what he had in his wallet <laughs> that's yeah that's fair nobody knows how much money was in there nobody knows after he rejected the money and the car keys. Okay, what? <laughs> well, I don't think that's what he was after. He's uh, the yeah. Zodiac killer. After a few minutes of conversation, he told Cecilia to tie Brian up. And he was like, tie that boy up. And obviously she did. He was like, I can make a grab for this guy's gun. Like, we just need to like just go with what he says. I think I can make it. But in the few moments that he wasted on this conversation, he totally missed his opportunity because he was tied up and then Cecilia was immediately also tied up. Oh no. And Cecilia was terrified. So she's like, don't even try. Like, just go with what he says. He stabbed Hartnell six times. And then, um, that's Brian. Yeah, Brian Hartnell. And he stabbed Cecilia ten times. And Hartnell was like, if I pretend to be dead and like stop moving because, um, because they like obviously if you keep going with it like they're yeah, gonna they're gonna keep they're gonna be like he's not dead yet so he feigned death and um it worked because the attacker left so he was able to like struggle out of his like bindings and was able to actually like struggle over to the road where a park ranger go, helped girl, him Brian yeah he struggled to a nearby road and there was a lot involved in this. Like, he told the park ranger who told a dude in a boat. Like, there was a whole bunch. He told a dude in a boat. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I was reading, and in multiple sources, it, like, listed, like, ten things that occurred nice. for him and Cecilia to get to safety. Oh. And all I know is they were safe. I didn't feel like going Good. through, like... I'm glad. I didn't feel like going through the, the park ranger. Oh, Told the dude. Told the dude. <laughs> so, unfortunately, um, after a few days in the hospital, I think it was the 29th she passed away... Cecilia succumbed to cerebral anoxia, which is hypoxia, or lack of oxygen, to the brain. Wow! Thank you, nursing student! You're welcome. But before she died, she was able to give her own account of the events. The reason they have about six feet is, like, the height, is she claimed that the guy was just a little bit taller than one of the deputies, who was 5'10". And that's kind of where they got that from. Sure. And then... A message was written on the car door of the couple, and it was accompanied by the zodiac symbol. Um, mm. And this is where, like, we start getting. This is when he starts branding himself. Yeah, yeah, we got the brand starting here. So it said, accompanying the zodiac symbol, Valaho twelve twenty sixty eight, which is the time of the first attacks, and then seven four sixty nine, which is the time of the second attacks. And then, I've been resisting this entire time to make 69 jokes. It's well, I got you. Thank you. And then September 27th, 69. <laughs> 6, 69. 6.30 p.m. by knife. Do you feel bad for laughing now? A little bit. So um, it was just kind of detailing on yeah, the car yeah. itself how they were killed Shit. and the exact freaking time of this murder. But then... A call was taken by an officer. So it was taken by an officer from a phone booth at 7.40 to 
to the Napa, Napa Good job. Um, Police Department. And they said, I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. Two miles north of Park Headquarters. They were in a white Volkswagen. I'm the one that did it. So October 11th, 1969. That's where we're at now, kids. Yeah, 69. <laughs> so Paul Stein, he's 29, and he was hailed as Paul a cab driver. Paul Stein is 29. Paul in Paul October Stein. of 69. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. That's for you, Paul Stein, my man. Up in heaven. Anyway. Nice. He was <laughs> He was a cab driver and he was hailed and asked to go to Washington and Maple and they found him shot like a block away from where he was supposed to go. So like they found him on the corner of Washington and Cherry instead of Washington and Maple. So he just like didn't want to go the rest of the way, I guess. And, he just didn't want to. And he was found, like, there was blood and his shirt was torn. It wasn't a pretty sight. And there were three witnesses that reported it. And the suspect was described as a black male by the police. So the police officers that were there, um, they saw a white male exactly matching the description. So, like, brown hair, glasses, which he has been described in other cases as well. Um, and then, like, stocky build, but, like around like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, you know, matching everything. But it wasn't questioned because they were looking for a black male. Yep, y'all can't see me right now. My head is on my hands and I'm just... Tay mad. I am angry. We want revenge for Paul Stein. They had him. They did. They could have had him. But they didn't. And on October 13th, the Zodiac sent a piece of the taxi driver's shirt, as well as, um, it looks like it says butthole, but it's supposed to say put note. Um, <laughs> a piece of a cab driver's shirt and his butthole. I'm sorry, Paul Stein. Um, oh my god, okay. So, he also sent a note in which it says, um, that he is going to um, shoot a bus driver or shoot the front tire, yeah. and then he is going to pick off the kitties as they come out. I hate that. Um, hate which it. is not that. great. Yes. No, it's really not. And here's what we get from the letters. We're going to dive more into that because now we just talked about the murders. So we can look like at the letters themselves, like a little bit separate this way, so we can kind of keep like everything separate. In these letters, so in the first one, we kind of talked about how if the cipher was broke, it would reveal his identity, right? Yep. And so it was eventually broken. Okay, I actually well, love this part though. But not like not the one specifically. Like there were other letters sent along the way, and like yeah. each letter sent because these letters continued to be sent to the police department had a different cipher, and then he would demand that these got published in the paper, and he said mm. otherwise he would murder more people. Betty and Donald Harden they actually cracked the cipher. Um, and They're they my weren't, heroes. They I weren't able them. to crack the name, unfortunately, because it was, like, too short. And, like, they needed, like, variables. So how they did it is they were, like, he probably says kill in there. So they looked for, like, double letters and that kind of thing. And they were able to, from there, like, try and get the rest of the alphabet by guessing, like, what kind of other stuff would be around it. And it was a complicated process. But and that weren't, didn't... They like, weren't they, like, like older, middle-aged? Yeah, yeah like, they just... were just these middle-aged people that were, like, well, I can children. do this. So what they were able to decipher of one of the letters that explained the murders mm -hmm. um, was, it, here, I'm going to be reading it from, like, this really shitty, like, cipher. Those I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop me. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. From He's collecting slaves for my afterlife. And... So the reason he was killing people was because he thought that he was going to get these slaves in his afterlife. And so Benny and Donald, bless, Twisted. they, these nice middle-aged people sitting over coffee, cracked the cipher, but were unable to get his name for us. So we have not solved it with that. But some of the things that were in these letters um, that he continued to send, um, he wanted people to wear buttons. Oh, and, yeah, the buttons. And he said oh, that if God. they didn't wear the buttons, he would torture slaves. And in one of the letters, he said that um, he, some of the ways he was going to torture them were a little bit weird. Shall, the slaves shall be placed in cages and fed salt beef until they are gorged. Okay, but looks like, though. 
So that's what he's going to do to them if we don't wear his buttons. He, like, sent multiple letters saying that he was going to kill people. And he actually, in one of these letters where he, like, said that he was mad and he was going to do things, he claimed that he kidnapped Kathleen Johns, 22, and her infant daughter, which is... I looked at multiple sources, and I've heard people give, like, stories about it before, but all of the sources said that it's, like, a really crappily put-together story, and they don't know if they believe her. Okay. Um, okay, okay. Because what she claims is that he took her, he, he, like, pulled her over, he was, like, gestured for her to pull over, and this was the 60s, so she was, like, something must be wrong with my car. And then he was like, don't worry, I'll fix it. It's just your tire. And then obviously he didn't fix it. Her car broke down again like five seconds later. So like he was like, hey, bad news bears. I'll be a deer. I'll drive you over to the service station. And instead of driving her to the service station, apparently drove around for two hours. And I guess she was also 10 10 months. She was also a few months pregnant. And she had had a 10-month-old infant with her. So like... I guess, like, she claimed it was just horrible because she had to pee the whole time. I guess she just, after two hours of driving around, like, escaped. And at some point, her car was on fire. I looked at multiple mm. sources. This is just what I got. <laughs> so, I'm a little bit confused on exactly when her Couple car was on there, fire. But... <laughs> but he did send a letter saying that he had to burn a woman's car because we weren't wearing the pins. And he said that since nobody was wearing his pins, he wanted them to try out nice Zodiac pins instead. Or, like, mean Zodiac pins instead. Sorry. Mm. He said, if you're not going to wear the nice ones, at least wear mean ones. And I don't know what that meant, but, like... No, instead of wearing ones that say, like... Like, nice, like, oh, hey, go Zodiac. oh, Zodiac Killer, number one bay. There were ones that were like, Zodiac Killer sucks. And he claimed in each of his <laughs> in each of the letters that he sent, he claimed more and more deaths. Like, he would write in the corner, like, Zodiac Killer... Zodiac Killer, like, yeah, like, he would tally, um, San Francisco Department Zero. Yeah. And that's what he would write, and it got up to 37. Anyway, there are only five confirmed murders, which are the five that I said. Oh my god, mine had five confirmed murders, too! Twinning! That was a high five. Don't know if you heard it. I didn't just slap Tay in the face. I mean... I know that was a little sporadic. I tried to kind of group it up, like, these were the murders, and this is the kind of stuff... I think you did um, a great job, ...said in the letters, but... (laughs) Thanks, Mom. Um... (laughs) In case you're wondering, or the last letters that he sent were um, criticisms of the exorcist. Same. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, um, I don't remember what the other one was, but just kind of like random things. Like, he sends like Halloween postcards He's and stuff. He's got to talk to, you know? He's lonely. Um, they did get a letter that it's not confirmed that it's actually from the Zodiac Killer, but it did claim that he was going to do murders again, but like, nothing can but be linked to it. Right? So, like, yeah. guess not. <laughs> Maybe he got lost. Yeah. Probably. Um, Maybe his car broke down. Started on fire. Maybe so. But anyway, we've only got half a page left. Let's power through. All right. The suspects, the main suspect, and I'm only really going to talk about the one because a lot of people claim. Like, it's like one of those things where people are like, um, I'm an Indian princess. Like, it's one of those. Like, um, I'm the descendant of the Zodiac Killer. So a lot of people, like, claim it, but most of them don't have really... Like, some of them have, like, some evidence to it, but most of them don't really have much evidence to it. So they aren't really looked into further. But one of the main ones is Arthur Leigh Allen. Lee? Arthur Lee? I think it's Arthur Arthur Lee. Whatever. Good old Arthur. Not good old Arthur. He's kind of an asshole. Because even if he didn't do this like he's a total he still, asshole. Yeah. he's a prick um he was claimed by mike do you remember mike i remember mike yeah. you remember mike um he was claimed actually by mike to match the descriptions exactly like literally a composite was done and then like they found people that looked similar, similar to yeah. it and he's like they're like hey you know this guy and mike was like no, but it's the Zodiac Killer. He didn't say that. The dude didn't. The Zodiac Killer didn't even have that that's name. But he was like, no, but that's the guy that did this. And they were like, all right. But then the police department literally said, we just have reason to believe otherwise. Like, that's like. So what's your reason, huh? What's your reason? It's like a little bit sketchy, but it's like, whatever. So um, he was claimed to match the description, but they just I'm sorry but the coppers like, really slept on this case it um, makes me so mad. yeah they they for sure did they really there did. were a lot of issues with it the wow. stuff should not have happened but um anyway but you know we all make mistakes Everybody they did mistakes. find partial Everybody DNA evidence on him on the on the stamps right. as okay. well yes. oh, so yeah, yeah, partial yeah. evidence was found there and he was imprisoned anyway for other reasons um some of his 
some of his, let's just say if he had a Tinder profile, the things on it would say, oh distaste for woman, murderous intent. So <laughs> he's not on Tinder, he's on Grinder. Yeah, he's definitely on Grinder because he has a distaste for women. No, because he has a murderous intent. Oh, yes, of <laughs> course. Um, yeah. So he had a distaste for women. He expressed murderous intent like some of his close friends were like, yo, this guy like says he wants to murder people sometimes. Um, I mean, same, but like... Like, not so seriously. Exactly, exactly. But he did it pretty seriously. He was fired from his elementary school teaching job oh. for sexual misconduct. Oh. Um, and oh, also, no. the reason he was arrested, because like I said, he got arrested anyway. Yo. For sexual acts on a 12-year-old boy. No! So he's not like a great guy. No, no. He's like, oh kind of, like he's not the neighbor you want. No. Or the dude you want teaching your elementary kids. Exactly. So he lived in Vallejoke. Like, which is the area yeah. that this all, like, kind of took place around. But, after all of this, writer experts, like, really up there, um, claimed that there was no way that his writing could have matched the samples. And they, like, looked through, Better like, analysis. buckets upon buckets. Um, yeah, they did, like, lots of different analysis, uh, analyses. There you go. On his writing. Words are hard, it's okay. Yeah, English is hard. I never studied it. Ever. Um, but, like, I feel like... There's a way around that. Like, other people can write for you. But, like, if he... There are other, like... If there's one, like, asshole in the world, there's going to be another asshole that's going to help him. Of course. And so, like, it's totally reasonable to expect he could have, like, birds of a feather flock together. He could have had another asshole that wrote his notes for him. Um, and they honestly could have thought it was all just a big joke. Like, obviously, later so, on, he could have held right. it against them. Like, I could murder you. But, like, at first, they could have been like, what the frick is this freaking, like... <laughs> <laughs> what? Arthur, I'm just so sick of writing your notes. No, isn't God it, damn it um, Arthur? Isn't it Ted? It's Ted Cruz, yeah. Yes. Ted Cruz wrote the notes for him. Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer. Ted Cruz confirmed. <gasps> Ted Cruz is a four-year-old or whatever. Oh my God, he could have... Oh, no, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, guys, hear me out. Hear me out. I think I've solved this one, <clears throat> kind of. Maybe um, Ted Cruz is a Maybe Zodiac we did solve killer, something. But... <laughs> he's the one who wrote it. But, again, like, that's kind of where... Like, that's kind of all I could find on him is that he was a major asshole, but all because of this writing, they pretty much said, like, not, not him. So that kind of sucks. But we all know the real murderer is Ted Cruz. So. Yeah, so, um, case closed. Uh, case closed, we, we did solved. solve something. Uh, hello, we are, we never solved anything, but, uh, we, we solved actually it. changed the name of our podcast right away because we solved both of those cases. Anywho. Ted Cruz and Kay are the murderer. Sorry. The police are going to come knocking down In the billiard room with the knife. <laughs> I used to be really bad at Clue, and, like, we played it in math class once, and I, like, started screaming out things. I was like, oh it was Mr. What's-His-Name in the courtyard with the screwdriver. I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. Two miles north of Park HQ. It, he said headquarters. I wrote HQ for myself. <laughs> um, just um, it was two miles north of Park er, two, two miles north of Park, park HQ. <laughs> I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. Two miles north of Parch headquarters. <laughs> they were in a white Volkswagen car, car. A car, a white car. <laughs> I don't know. They were in a white car. Was, I don't it remember. White. It was a car and it was white. It was a car and it was white and I did not properly write the name of the car down. Hey, what was it? A white A white car. Volkswagen. I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. Two miles north of Park Headquarters. Tay, will you read this? Yes. <clears throat> where, where are we? Hey, Tay here. Uh, Kay and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. We never solved anything. Um, we promise the audio is going to be a lot better next time. Um, but for now, all the mastering and the music was done by Trey Gracialni. You can find him at Hisuya, H-I-I-S-U-Y-A. You can also find us, me and Kay, on Instagram and on Facebook at We Never Solved Anything. Uh, and then you can find us on Twitter. Our user there is WNSA Podcast. Stay tuned for episodes every two weeks, wherever you're listening right now. If you have any suggestions for future topics, you can email us at We Never Solved Anything at gmail.com. So join us next time as we continue to never solve anything because that is the nature of this podcast. <laughs> this, I almost called it up. Can we say naughty words? Bitch! Okay, this bitch! <laughs> <laughs>
It's, it's like an addict circle. I edit that out. Hi, I'm anybody, I don't want anybody to know that I'm comparing us to an, an addict, addict circle. circle. They're gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like, can this girl seek medical attention? <laughs> I am, don't worry. I'm not actually this sad. All right, can you edit out all the parts where I said I'm sad? Because I know it's a lot, but I don't know if that's the impression. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, damn, I got tits, but like, please well, sometimes edit that I wake out. up and I'm like, damn, I got tits. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Dude, it's all good. I'll hit the pause. We are off of pause. Okay. There we go, okay. Alright. <laughs> hey. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Oh my god, there are plastic wrappers. I've just been putting these in my mouth. I didn't know there was this like extra plastic piece. I've just been eating it. Wait, are you serious right I think so. Bacacks! Pew pew! Pew pew! No, that it's, was, it's, that was the it gun. Be, the 9mm. No, I don't think guns go like that. Blame, it's more like pow pow pow! It's more like blam blam! <laughs> I'm sorry, pause. There's a screw just chilling in that light thing. That's the one I have loose. Okay. Um, oh my god, I do that. <laughs> I do that. It's been 84 years! <laughs> Eat my ass! Eat my tiny 